Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to the FPL Roundtable, the only fantasy Premier League show where we promise that you might learn something about fantasy, probably. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. Joining me, as always, is Rob, a.k.a. Smokey Loogie over there. How you doing, Rob? What's going on, Kevin? What's going on, everybody at home? Welcome to another week of fantasy goodies. We have goodies. It's like <laughs> trick-or-treat. It's like trick-or-treating every day, but with uh, fantasy implications and uh, dynamite knowledge drops by Kevin DeVries over there and myself. The Halloween reference was a bit surprising, since we're a whole holiday past that, but that leads me... To my big random question, usually, you know, you have a random question. I'm going to ask a random question. When is it okay to start setting up Christmas decorations slash listening to Christmas music? Uh, I would say Thanksgiving night. See? That's ex- like literally <laughs> as soon as the last bite of pie has gone off your dessert plate and into your pear. face. Pear. I like pear. Click, <laughs> click on immediately the nearest Christmas song you can find. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what pie, though, for Thanksgiving for you? Oh, any pie, any pie doesn't mm, matter. Really? Are you an yeah, a la mode guy? No, I, you know I had um, I had a chocolate pudding pie with some whipped cream on it, and then I some apple pie with nothing else on it. So I had a good mixture of of chocolate and and fruit. I guess mm. we'll call we'll call apple pie a fruit. Oh yeah, for even, sure. It's definitely even though it's got more even though it's got more sugar <laughs> in it than probably the pumpkin the uh, pudding pie. Oh, don't worry about it. It's definitely <laughs> oh, I don't, fruit. It's it's healthy. Like whoa. Um. I'm so in tune with my body, I can eat whatever I want and never get fat. Yes. Uh, I'm never going to get you fat. Ever, have you ever tried a thin slice of cheddar cheese on your apple pie? Uh, no, but I've heard people who do that, yeah. and um, I usually give them the finger. Oh, that's real. <laughs> uh, for me, uh, it has to be like um, one of those like Dutch apple pies where like you have the granulated sugar on top. For some reason, I think the crunch makes the softness of the cheese more acceptable. But if you think we're sounding like crazy people right now, uh, try it one time. Everybody that's ever said they don't like it has never tried it. That's my theory. Prove me wrong. Do it. You won't. Um, <laughs> but anyway, from all of the festivities to something that I know you wanted to talk about at the top of the show, which is the injury to Philippe Coutinho, today we heard from Klopp that he will be out for about five weeks after injuring some stuff in his lower leg, probably ankle, maybe foot. I didn't see the specifics on it. But, Rob, uh, ah, what do we do? Uh, well, you know, it's, it sucks when uh, an injury affects everybody because uh, at the time of his injury, he still was the most owned player in the FPL official game universe. Uh, he's since dropped now, I believe. Uh, I, think there's a fo- I think Aguero is ahead of him now. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, it, it's not really it's, – it's, it's, yeah, it's a panic thing because Coutinho is one of those set-it-and-forget-it guys you don't really have to – you know, worry about his production because you know it's going to be there. But given his price tag, what he, what he you know what he was, it, you have basically lateral movement to go anywhere you want. Um, you can either set yourself up and go real low, and you know uh, bring in make two moves to make your team intrinsically better because you, you're bringing in a lower price guy 
who's in form, you know, like a Kevin, like a Kevin DeVries favorite, Leroy Fur, and then you can upgrade somewhere else at your forward region, you know, your third forward, whether it be, you know, whoever whoever you're rostering third wise, like say say my team, I have Charlie Austin. I don't I wouldn't really want to upgrade Charlie Austin because his price point right now. Uh but yeah, so so Coutinho's price point is allowing everyone to go wherever they basically want to go. You basically have like a a gift card to the mall that you can use in any store. Um, you know, in the, the words the names, of Robin Sparkles, let's go to the mall today. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, so the guys, I'm looking at the transfer trends. You know, uh, you know, Theo Walcott seems like he's a he's a natural link to Coutinho right now. The transfers out for Coutinho are are quadruple of what what they are Theo's but that's to be expected because Theo's going to be healthy and Katina's out for at least five weeks um but the, the the list of names there Kev is there anybody jumping out to you um through the midfield ranks you know it, it, I'll, get, I'll give it to you this way is there somebody who's similar in price to Katina that you like that you'd bring in somebody lower lower in price than Katina that you really would think about and then maybe a wild card like somebody who could be priced really really low <laughs> um well, okay. So statistically speaking, and I really wish that I had put this anywhere the last couple of weeks, but I didn't buy it personally, so I didn't really want to hang my hat on it, was that the stats were starting to lean in Erickson's favor, that he'd finally do something. Uh, of course, he did against Chelsea. But the eye test, right? Because you don't want to just bury yourself in the numbers, right? You want to actually watch and, and learn a lot from that. Erickson still doesn't look that great. But I've seen some people saying that move to Erickson because he's clearly on the way up uh, is the way to go. I'm still hesitant. I will let you guys know that the stats are all backing Erickson now. That since Kane's return, everything is looking up. The chances created are up. He's traveling a little bit less, which is actually beneficial to him. It means he can focus more and attack. Uh, It looks like Lamella could be back soon, which also helps open up the attack. So things are looking up for Christian Erickson. I just don't buy it yet. Um... And that's fine. We've talked on the show before. I'd, I'd rather be a week late than a week early. Uh, and that's kind of the case with him. So I'm not as much on the Coutinho to Erickson thing. <laughs> Somebody that is kind of piquing my interest a little bit is David Silva, who has statistically been doing very well. He's fifth in key passes this season. Everybody not named David Silva in that top five has at least five plus assists, and he's only on two. So it looks like there could be a little bit of a, a return to the mean there for him. Um, and at 8.7, it's literally a lateral move. I think the Walcott one makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Again, Walcott, somebody's just, it's hard to buy in on just because he's been so up and down in his career. Um, but it's hard to argue with the form he's in right now. Um, uh, somebody that's clearly on the way up that I trust more than Erickson right now is Gilfie Sigurdsson, who I don't want to talk about too much right now because I'm pretty sure you're going to uh, touch on him later. But seeing those free kicks go in is always good. It, it, it's hard to not look good uh, when your team scores five goals and you're the main creator for them. But I think Sigurdsson is an interesting option, and Swansea do have a lot of nice um, fixtures coming up. Didn't turn off my phone before we started recording. Um, so yeah, I, I think Sigurdsson, if you want to take a step down a little bit, he's somebody that's really interesting. Um, if you look a little bit farther down the list, maybe a Sofian Buffal. Now that there's no Tadic, we've heard that Buffal is back and fit and should uh, be in line for the start this weekend. He was so good uh, in France last season. He was a player that a lot of the bigger clubs were looking after, but he ended up getting hurt uh, and so wasn't able to make that big, big move that he was hoping to do. But I, I think he starts 
being immediately one of the most impactful Southampton players and with his creativity and everything. I think that's that's uh, for your wild card, somebody that's, you know, a little bit uh, cheaper, but also somebody that could get you that kind of high-end return if things uh, do come good for him. Yeah, I mean, those those are all good guys. I, I'd probably go a little bit more mainstream than, than uh, Sofian Bufal, only because there's guys you that... You said that, wild card. I had to get wild. <laughs> I, I know. I know. That's crazy. That's crazy, like, out there, like, wild. Um, but but there's guys who are similarly priced, you know, that you know in that 5.0, you know, you know break point. That's what I'm calling it. You know, plus or minus a few. You know, Matt Phillips is probably the, the low, lowercase guy that I'd probably Man, bring in. Man, we nail our Matt Phillips calls? Absolutely. We hey, are so I, good. <laughs> I, I nailed the Wilfred Zaha thing two, you did. two, weeks, two weeks in a row. Um, but yeah, so so at the low end, I, I'd look I'd look at guys like you know Matty Phillips. Um, you know, Zaha is still is still there. He's still pretty much under owned. Uh, the other guy I want to throw in there only because he's a little bit, you know, just based on his ownership, is is I know his price tag is is seven point three, but his ownership is only four point seven, and uh, he's basically producing it, it just as well as as Sigurdsson is, uh, and, that, and that's Pedro for Chelsea. Uh, it brings up an interesting question too that I want to kind of uh, you know flow into the next question for with Coutinho injury. Um, but uh, I'll, so basically, the three my, my three guys are Sigurdsson would be the would be the one A guy. Uh, Pedro would be the one B guy uh, if you're looking for somebody a little bit different. And then on the low end, I'd look you know Maddie Phillips, uh, Zaha. Even uh, if you want to take a look at Snodgrass at Hull, he still does a lot for that team, uh, and his ownership is pretty much a good differential. Uh, but but transferring what I said about the Coutinho thing, and now that I, since I mentioned Pedro, um, Chelsea's becoming one of those clubs, Kev, that. Um, it's going to become harder and harder to pick three guys from that team to roster on your team. Yeah. Uh, I, I know you don't have that problem because we discussed this offline that you don't have a double up on any player. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't have that problem because I only I only own Hazard at the moment. Um, it, now Chelsea's in form. We, yes. we we see what they've done. They're <laughs> obviously the best. They're the best team we're seeing right now. Um, is it becoming obvious that they are basically the fantasy jackpot? Um, and you need to invest three players in them. And if so, which three players are you investing in? Are you investing in more of their offensive side because they have shown propensity that they can score? Or are you investing more in their defensive side and goalkeeper because they've also shown a propensity that they're going to keep it out of the net most of the time? I'm going to be honest. Unless one of them is Matic, it's really hard to fit three Chelsea players into your team just monetarily speaking. And I'm saying it would be tough to do at the start of the season when you can build your team around that. It's going to be really hard for people to shift into that, I think, now. Um, Pedro is an interesting shout. I still feel like Willian will play a part at some point, which I think will immediately be kind of the downfall of uh, Pedro there. Victor Moses, also an interesting one. We talked about on the show last week and also nailed that one. That As soon as we knew that we were going to get a center back from Tottenham on the left side, um, pretty much immediately knew that that could be a big game for um, Victor Moses, where his pace is obviously a big problem for people that are able to really play that position. Um, yeah. If you were going to own three, if, by your narrative, I think you have to have Matic as one of them. Six assists, right? Yeah. Like, that's bonkers. Yeah. Um, but of the two, of him and Conte, he is the one that is uh, contributing more, getting forward more. Um so if if the stipulation is three, I'd go Hazard, who, by the way, uh, I've continued my trend of always being wrong on. <laughs> um, took a little long to buy back in on him and was finally convinced, and he's done nothing since I brought him on, of course. 
Um, so yeah, I'd probably go Matic, Hazard, and Alonso if pressed. Yeah, I mean that that's a good call. I'd probably <clears throat> I'd probably look for a differential in the defense. Unfortunately, there probably really isn't one now because look at the ownership yeah. of their said defense now. But your it, Zuma call from a couple of weeks ago could be interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah, I. I, I, it'd be interesting to see. It's it's almost like the, your William call. Uh, yeah, that he has the talent to be in the side, but when and if is he going to be in the side? That's the that's yeah. the question. Uh, if I had to, if I had to pick three now, I'd probably go uh, Costa. I'd probably I'd probably lean. I own Hazard, and I'm actually leaning. I, w- I wish I had a way to be a differential here and shift my shift funds to either Pedro or Modic. And then, and then one of the defenders, whether it be Alonso or or uh, Dave Aspilicueta. Uh, on defense, um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean they're basically becoming a cog. Uh, we're gonna get into a little bit with the price changes because you're starting to see guys uh, that are falling into must-own categories. I think for me, um, especially mostly on the defensive end, because I think you need uh, defensive cover from. You're starting to see defensive cover from from certain teams, and I think that you need a a, a preliminary investment onto your roster from from one of these teams. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. I have a question, kind of returning to the origin point of Liverpool. Mm-hmm. What do you think the Coutinho's absence does to the value of other Liverpool players? Uh, it's interesting. Uh, I, <clears throat> from a standpoint of ownership, uh, people who are on Coutinho and are Liverpool supporters and want that ownership in that midfield and, or that investment into the Liverpool midfield are going to sh- partially shift their their involvement into Firmino and to Mane, and to a lesser degree, probably Lalana once he gets you know fit and and into the team. Um, but I think I think it affects them very very greatly because on the field, none of the guys, especially Firmino, he doesn't perform well by himself. Or I haven't noticed that he plays better without Coutinho because Coutinho is such a good player that he draws extra attention away from Firmino, so that allows him to get to operate into space. So from that standpoint, I think it can only hurt him. The only person I could see that it'll, it'll uh, affect in a good is because I think Mane will uh, probably be able to run into space more. I don't. I don't. Nobody knows what Daniel Sturridge is going to do or contribute. Uh, when we get into start sits, I'm going to throw a little. Throw, I'll throw a monkey wrench in everything uh, because I have a guy touted in in the starts that I think could be a, a great differential. Um, but but Mane, I think, is the guy. I don't think Klopp's going to change shape too much, but I think it'll allow Mane to run into a little bit more space. Than he he's actually been doing if that's possible because he basically runs for days, um, but but I think from ownership point standpoint I think both of those guys are going to go up they're both going to rise in price a couple times in between now and probably you know Saturday kickoffs and they're going to continue to go continue to go up because not everybody's going to going to react right away to the continue thing because they probably have they may have another need on their their team and they can't react to it right now so they're mm-hmm. probably going to wait wait one week. Uh, see what's in front of them. See how Mane. See how Firmino. See how the Sigurdsson. See how the the, the Theos uh, Walcotts react to this week. See how they score, and then they'll probably jump on. I know it's stupid. He's already gone down point two, Coutinho, but <clears throat> he's locked into eight point five for most people. Uh, well, he's locked into eight point five for me when I, I just currently dropped him. So his eight point seven didn't didn't affect me at all because I only was able to get eight point five of them anyway because the the official game has some weird locking mechanism for only prices that were going down, not up. So it's kind of weird and wacky it's crazy mm. um but uh, yeah i i think that firmino and money ownership is going to go up it's going to cause their prices to go up whether they do anything with that you know remains to be seen i i, I think his uh Katina's effect on the pitch is definitely going to be seen 
But I think it could be for the good and for the bad, depending on how Klopp, you know, readjusts his lineup and who he inserts into the lineup. Yeah, I agree with you there. The one um, thing that maybe I don't super agree with is Firmino. I entirely agree with you if they keep playing him up front. But if they play Origi or if Sturridge ends up being fit and plays in front of him with Firmino as the creator, all of a sudden I think his value is probably about the same, if not better, <coughs> excuse me, than it is currently because he's gotten away from that creativity that he showed so much last season because he's had to kind of be more of the focal point. Um, so I, I think your analysis is spot on. that Without Coutinho, if Firmino is up front, he will draw more defensive attention. But I think if you see a forward playing ahead of him, and you see Firmino either out wide or behind the striker, I think then it might still work out for him. I, I own Firmino right now. He has a yellow caution thing on his name. I've already made my changes for the week, though. Uh, so I'm just going to kind of have to roll with it either way. But it, it might not be that bad if they decide to end up playing a true striker in front of him. But we'll see. Yeah. I completely agree with you. If they end up playing Firmino up front with no Coutinho, maybe they play Lallana or something behind him, I just don't think it'll be as effective. Yeah, because um, you know they're not going to play Sturridge because Sturridge is, is just not what he what he's showing is not what Klopp wants. I don't think he fits into that. And look at look at what uh, who came in for Coutinho when he came off. You know, Origi, Origi came Yeah, in. but Sturridge yeah. was injured. Yeah, but I'm saying Sturridge is always injured when he is not injured. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. So, so, so I mean, <clears throat> you can't trust what's there. So, I mean, looking at the price and look at the forward options for Liverpool, I mean, it's pretty obvious who I'm going to say say later. But you might as well. I'll say it now. It's it's Zivak Origi. I mean, obviously, it depends on what Klopp's going to do. I can't say that you know Origi's going to start every game. He's playing. He's playing currently right now mm. as we record this because we're you know we're watching the, the Liverpool Leeds game. Uh, you know he's in he's in the team currently. So I mean I know there I know this isn't really like the A team for Liverpool, but do you think this could be the the first uh, you know snippet of you know him trying to force himself force Origi into the lineup to play around guys who are maybe you know partially uh, first team players you know because there are first team players playing Mane yeah, is playing and Mane yeah <clears throat> and Wijnaldum and John really yeah oh Lallana's not playing it was uh, Kevin Stewart the guy oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so oh, yeah, you uh, said that. I was like, "Oh, really?" Yeah, no, but 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 Mane is there, and that would be his direct link-up person because Mane, I think, is going to be playing more forward in a you know forward wing role and looking for Origi in the center. And and for me, no, for you, it, it, for me, is going to become like you said that playmaker role. But it remains to be seen who's going to play above him. If Origi plays there and he shows what he can do, because mm-hmm. we have some glimpses of what he yeah, did that last back year. Yeah, that back into last season. Yeah, you know, you know, he he does have the ability to be the striker there, and you know. You know, I don't really count Sturridge as a push for him because I can't see Sturridge staying healthy or being involved enough in Klopp's system to be fantasy-worthy. And based on his price, there's zero point none chance that I'm investing in Daniel Sturridge now that Coutinho went down. I'd pro- I'd rather gamble on a 4. Dot, you know, 5 what is he? What is Origi? 6.5 or Origi mm. than a, than a, a 9 9 or above, you know, Daniel Sturridge. Yeah. Yeah, it would definitely be uh, interesting and kind of throw a wrench at it. it almost a little bit be like the Rashford thing last season. Yeah, absolutely. You can get a forward in at such a cheap point. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I know, I, and I believe Rashford was even cheaper last year. I think he was in at five. Yeah, he was yeah, in, I think at five. he was in at yeah. fives. He was. You know? <laughs> but yeah, you know? it's a similar situation where you know that long term he doesn't have the job, but in the short term, having a forward that cheap really opens things up in your midfield. 
Yeah, um, I mean, and would, I, for example, allow you to have some of those uh, Chelsea midfielders. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the the Origi cha- uh, shout is probably for people who would listen to this and are in draft style formats or season long leagues, not mm. uh, salary cap leagues like the official game. But it, yeah. if Origi is sitting out there on your waiver right now, and you know, if anybody's played in a in a Taga league that has ten or more teams, the forward ranks are very very thin. You know, everybody owns probably three to four forwards. They start two on a weekly basis. That doesn't leave very much because there is 20 teams. Every team, every team has basically one usable striker. That's 20. You know, you know, you're, you're looking for secondary and tertiary options on teams, and and Origi is probably the guy that I would look there, if, especially if he's open in a in a play Taga league or some kind of dynasty format or a season long league. Mm, yep, completely agree with you there. Uh, we have any price changes we want to dig into? Yeah, I mean, we've we've touched on a couple. You know, we've hit some you know some snags in the conversation where I brought a couple up, but I'll I'll just run down the ups and downs. It's it'll be real quick. Uh, you know, Scrud and Mustafi has gone up. Aspilicueta has gone up. Alonso has gone up. Uh, Mustafi's kind of weird for me. Uh, I I don't know if that's people uh, trying to reinvest their money into uh, an Arsenal uh, defender. You know, over his last four games, he's got two, 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 and one. Uh, Arsenal's ex-coming fixtures: West Ham, Stoke, and Everton. It uh, doesn't really wow me to to say that uh, I I need to transfer in uh, Mustafi. Uh, he doesn't really involve himself enough in the Arsenal offense. You know, he's not like a, a you know a Cahill or you know like a Koscielny. I don't think he gets involved enough in any offensive for the Arsenal that he's that much needed in your in your team. Uh, then I'll get, then I'll come on a pair of Liverpool defenders. And I mentioned before how I think teams are starting to be knocked on on defense that you need to have coverage from one of those teams. Uh, Chelsea is definitely one of them. I believe Southampton is is starting to become another one. And Liverpool is definitely my third with two other cheap options, you know, a West Brom or, you know, a Stoke. You know, those three, those five are pretty much the, the teams that I think that I'd probably have a comfortable investment with. But De- Dejan Lovren has gone up and Nathaniel Klein has gone up. But uh, Joel Matip is probably going to go up before next week as well. So there's a definite, definite transfer market right now for Liverpool defenders. Uh, you can see why they're starting to gel together better as a team. Their upcoming schedule is, you know, has some good, good matchups, has some decent matches, but they're still Liverpool. They're basically going to be favored in almost every match going. Yeah. So as I, for defenders, um, just <laughs> worth mentioning that Klein has the most key passes of all defenders in the Premier League right now. Yeah, and and Nathaniel Klein is also almost always, always, always because of his involvement going forward and his key passes, he is always into the BPS system. He's a BPS darling this year, basically yeah. like Christian Fuchs was last year, just because of his involvement. Even if he doesn't take free kicks or you know does enough on the offense, doesn't score goals, doesn't get assists, his involvement in the buildup and the, the final third passes allows him to be into the BPS system like nobody else. He's been in the in the bonus system I think like 6 out of the last 9 times that that Liverpool has has won. So it's cr- it's crazy that he doesn't score, doesn't assist, but he's always always getting bonus points. Um Let's see who else has gone up. Uh, through the midfield, Theo Walcott has gone up. You know, I believe this is a direct correlation of the Coutinho injury. Hazard has gone up. I think that people who don't already own him are getting a extra, little extra money from the Coutinho injury. You know, he is in the mid-eights, so you have that extra money to jump up and get Hazard at 10. Pedro, like we mentioned before, he's got three goals, four assists in his last six. He's playing on point. I think Chelsea, I think he's probably – if I had to do, do a transfer right now, I'd do my transfer over because I already transferred Coutinho up, but I brought in Sigurdsson personally. If I had mm-hmm. to do it over and maybe maybe look for a different person and wasn't so <clears throat> heavily involved with Hazard, if I didn't know Hazard in midfield, Pedro would be the guy I'd look at just based on what he's been doing. Uh, also through the midfield, uh, Wilfred Zaha has gone up. Excellent form lately. He's got assists and uh, – what has he got? Four assists and a goal in the last five. 
that's that's pretty awesome. Sadio Mane, and also we talked about it before, the continuation of the Coutinho thing. I think that people are just taking taking one Liverpool midfielder and investing in another. I, I think Firmino, Firmino will probably go up before game week as well because I think people are waiting until this fixture with between Liverpool and Leeds to see what happens, who who stays healthy and maybe get a team better team picture moving forward. Yaya Torre has gone up. Uh, he's pretty much, I think he's back in the city squad from for now until you know Pep says he isn't, which is pretty much anybody's <laughs> guess. Yeah. <clears throat> but but he has been playing better. Uh, interesting stat. Um, I'll touch on it a little bit later, but I'll bring it up now and I'll bring it up again later. Um, you take away Yaya's two goal performance. What was that? Two weeks ago? Yeah, mm-hmm. two weeks ago. Uh, the starting midfielders, Kevin De Bruyne, uh, Silva, like you mentioned before, Sterling, um, Jesus Navas, anybody else you want to you want to have in there. But basically, the most three significant guys are Kevin De Bruyne, Sterling, and David Silva. Their last two games in for, the midfield, for, yeah, in the midfield production <laughs> production wise, those players have contributed twelve points total. That's two games. That's basically six opportunities for points, and they've contributed twelve total wow. points. Yeah. Um, so you brought that up with David Silva before, and I'm, I'm leery about the city, city midfield, especially this week against going into a stout Chelsea defense and Conte, uh, is basically scheming for this match. I think he's got him, uh, probably under his thumb. I think he does. Let's put it that way. I think that, you know, we're going to see Chelsea probably shut him down for the first half and then pretty much open it up for the first 20 minutes of the second half and then see what's what. And if they <clears throat> sit on a, sit on a tie, then I think that's what it'll be. But that's just me. Uh, who else went up? Uh, Sigurdsson went up. Look at him. He's basically what, what Pedro's doing is what Sigurdsson's doing three and three in his last six. Uh, he's pretty much knocked on. He's, if there's a hotter player in the Premier League right now, I don't know him. Uh, don't Maddie, don't call me Wilson Phillips, has gone up again. Uh, he's basically replaced <laughs> Nasser Chadley as the West Brom midfielder to, to covet for the moment. Uh, don't forget, they are still West Brom. They break our hearts in the 80th minute. On a weekly, Dude, weekly basis. You, you texted me like, oh, now here comes the West And Bumble. what did it happen? And I literally like a minute later. <laughs> a minute. Because I was watching the game Ugh. and I was like, I was like, I hate the buildup. I hate what's going on right now. And they changed shape a little bit. And I was like, yep, here it goes. It's, and it happened like that. Uh, West Brom is just a heartache. Heartache, heartache, heartache. Uh, and then the last person who gone up is uh, Harry Kane. He's the lone forward to go up this week with reason. He uh, He's... You know, being invested in heavily. You know, look at where he was from before he before he came back from injury. And look where he is now. He's gone up almost you know sixty percent of where he was from three weeks ago. Yeah, when he came back. And it looks uh, good, especially up against the Swansea defense. It's just eleven yeah. four. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Well, well Spurs, Spurs is no Crystal Palace on the offensive end. Let's <laughs> the, to be fair, statistically, they're not. Um, <laughs> but. So uh, yeah, that goes you with price ups. You know, there's there's some good ones in there. I touched on the uh, defensive defensive guys. I think teams are starting to become more knocked on. You know, I, I'm 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 a big fan of owning a Southampton, a Chelsea, and a Liverpool defender right now. I know Ooh, the investment. I'm all level. about hopping in Southampton defensively now. Oh, that's, that's totally, a great shout. Totally. totally. Uh, I, everything ever since I mentioned him last week, I'm going to mention him again. But we'll we'll get into it later. I'm I'm using all my notes for my start sits right now and trying to keep the conversation going. <laughs> so. So we'll go. We'll go into the sit. We'll go into the uh, price downs. Romelu Lukaku uh, has gone down. Blank Kaku has zero goals in his last three. That spells doom for any Lukaku owner because they panic. Uh, he's still owned in thirty-one percent of leagues. That number will probably be closer to like twenty-eight percent by kickoff. I think that people are basically taking that money, uh, downgrading from Coutinho to someone else in midfield, and then up investing to Kane. 
in the forward rank, forward ranks, anybody who owned both. Uh, Philippe Coutinho has gone down twice. He's probably going to go down again before the kickoff of this week. His high ownership, he might be, by the time he gets back, below eight. Uh, by the way, th- he's Doesn't it freeze it, after a certain uh, I, I, amount of time? I don't know. I don't, if it does, then I'm just stupid and I just said something dumb. But, <laughs> but uh, it, this, he was owned in 44% of leagues. Yeah, so that's if, nuts. If, you know, if 25% of those people drop him, that leaves him 19, 19%. That's 19% of 4 million. That's 20% is 1 million. So that's basically 1 million, almost 2 million people are going to drop him. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, his his flaw. His, it's good for it's good for when he comes back because if you time it right, you'll you'd be able to get him at a cheaper cheaper value than he, what he what he was was currently. But that's basically what the strategy of dropping him now is. Uh, so uh, also on the downs, Andres Townsend. Yeah, not happening. Scored, yeah, he's only scored six points more more than six points once this year. Uh, it, it defense, you know, in other formats, absolutely yay. Andres Townsend is a start, almost a start every week. He's just not in the official game. Mm. Sorry, he just doesn't just yeah. doesn't do enough to put the ball in the net or help somebody else into the net. Uh, Gundogan has gone down. He had that nice two week spell where he was uh, everybody's uh, you know babysitter of the week. They wanted him on his team. They wanted him to drive him to school. It, whatever, any anything they wanted. Uh, Dusan Tadic has gone down. They hurt. Yeah, he's hurt. He's got a he's got a broken cheekbone and a nose, or he's in he's fa- he's got a facial injury. I know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Lamella is down. He's also expected back this week. Uh, that that'd be a good differential to look at. You know, if you don't feel like trusting Christian Eriksen, Deli Ali, uh, Lamella is down to four point three ownership. So I mean, there is some there is some differential that's still linked there. His price tag is you know similar to what Sigurdsson is. So you know there is some there is some goodness there. Uh, Ashley Williams has gone down. Last three games, two, one, and zero. The time to have an Everton defender is is gone. Yeah. Uh, you know, also on the down is everybody's preseason best defender in the Premier League, Luke Shaw. Zero appearances in the last three games. I know he's been hurt. I know he's been hurt, but still, you know, he's he's been healthy for the last one at least. And also on the down, which is surprising, is David De Gea. I think that's a direct ref- reflection of United's defense. Uh, you know, I don't think people are trusting the United defense. Uh, anymore, so I think they're 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 pointing off the most one of the most expensive goalies and downgrading into into the Pickfords into the you know the guys like the Heatons who can give you more save points than than be more clean sheet driven. Uh, so that that contrudes the uh, ups and downs. Yeah, and uh, we'll we'll take a break here for five seconds and pay some bills. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, man, did you see how many bills I just paid? It was crazy. Dude, I got like mad. Like Patrick Swayze. Dude, I got more bills than a pack of ducks. Hey, because I got them on their face. You get it? I get it. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. I meant I meant ducks that were named William. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, I assumed that's why I wanted to let you know. 
goodness. What a strange bit. All right. So now, because we're coming out of the commercial break, you know what time it is. It's time for them starts and sits. Uh, so I, as usual, will uh, interrupt Rob's brilliant narration of the starts and sits with, or sorry, of the uh, price changes with the following. Uh, for my starts up front, feel real awkward about this because last week in my article, I kind of bashed him a little bit. Uh, and now I'm back on board is Charlie Austin. Like, I was ready to transfer out Charlie Austin this week if he didn't score uh, last week. Uh, but then he did. Had a couple of chances that he also should have converted. Like, he he looks re- And he looked really good. He, he looked did. Good. He looked so <laughs> Very good. active. Very active. Yeah, I really liked what I saw out of him. It's still at 6'8". It's still a good value. Um, I hate the Tadic injury, but he didn't have him last time. And he was still able to do it. I already mentioned... Uh, how good Buffal can be. I'm hoping maybe he can help him go there. And uh, Rob, I say this with no negative feeling at all, but I would start you against Crystal Palace right now after what we saw last week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're 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 pretty bad. They're they're like a you know like a a colander. They're they're having a defensive colander. I think they're uh, just and, a and, cylinder. There's, yeah, there's not even a strainer at the bottom. It's just straight like a like a toilet yeah. paper roll. And it's and it's bad. It's so bad that I, part, I think Pardew is gonna is not long for this team. He so. can't be. Oh, they they have uh, five of their next six teams that Crystal Palace face have top ten defenses. Yeah, it's not good. It's, it's not, not good. Gonna be good. It's not going to be good. I think Pardew's out before the new year, but that's mm, just. Me. I agree. I agree with you there. Uh, so anyway, Austin, and this is all I test because I am still concerned that Southampton really aren't creating that many chances. They aren't that much of a threat going forward. I think in my. Uh, uh, aggregate ranks, they are pretty low in attack. This is great radio. Oh, 19th on aggregate uh, in attack, which is, I'd explain to you my process, but uh, we don't need this to be an hour. Uh, well, I'll explain, I'll explain the process. There's nine, There's 20 teams in the Premier League, and they're 19th. There's the, there's, <laughs> oh. there's, the, there's the analysis. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, that makes sense. You helped me with the bill thing. You helped me with the stats. I appreciate that. Um, but anyway, I test. Austin looks great. Palace look awful. You know, sometimes it isn't more complex than that. Uh, mm-hmm. In midfield, you already mentioned how much I like him. I transferred him in this week. It's Leroy Fair. He was one of my best preseason calls. Uh, I drafted him in the Experts League uh, as such. Also have him in my personal talk league. I, I loved Leroy Fair coming into this year. Um, basically, somebody was always going to fill that role after Kisung Young decided to stop being good. Um, and Leroy Fair, while <laughs> kind of converse to Austin, it's awful to watch Leroy Fair play a full match. It's uh, really not the most fun, but you know he's always going to contribute. He's always going to get forward. Their uh, 4-3-3 often allows him to bomb forward, and he his positioning is so good. It's kind of like early Harry Kane days. Uh, remove every <laughs> remove everything else, like what position they play, ability level, etc. But Leroy Fair's positioning is always very solid, especially on set pieces, which we saw at the weekend. Uh, and their their uh, matches are about to get a lot easier. The people that were like, oh, Swansea are automatically down. I'm not saying that you're wrong, but, you know, let's just see how this run goes um, as something takes forever to load. So they do have Tottenham this week. But Tottenham, by the way, only one clean sheet in their last five. So don't be super stunned if they fail to keep another clean sheet. But after that, Sunderland, West Brom, Borough, West Ham, Bournemouth, and Palace into the new year. That's, that's about as good as, of a run you're going to get for a team as far in the basement as Swansea are right now. So I'm on fair. You're on Sigurdsson. I think we're both seeing the same things matchup-wise and thinking that, you know, maybe Swansea are turning a corner a little bit here uh, under new manager Bob Bradley. It would be nice if we actually knew what the best 11 for them was. Um, my one concern about Sigurdsson, which is why I didn't pull that particular trigger, 
is how good Lorente looked when he came on. And I think Borja Valera is the, or not Borja Valera, uh, Borja Baston is the better of the two forwards. And right now, that's where Sigurdsson is playing. We know what Sigurdsson can do as an attacking midfielder. We've seen it for years. Um, but him playing so much further forward is what I think has really boosted his value right now. And I'm a little bit concerned that with how um, random Bob Bradley's been with his team selections, that all of a sudden, you know, this could turn into like a 4-4-2 diamond. And now Sigurdsson all of a sudden has two people in front of him as opposed to the zero right now. Um, but Swansea things are looking a lot better. As long as they can kind of maintain uh, the momentum they got in this match, I, I think they could really have a nice run uh, through the new year. Uh, in defense, as far as teams go, uh, Boro, I like. Stoke, I really like. They're facing the worst away attack in the Premier League in Burnley. They only have one attacking goal uh, away from home still. Um, that's That was true like a month ago. and <laughs> They haven't done anything about it since. Uh, and for an individual player, you mentioned that De Gea went down. Luke Shaw is kind of a question mark. Very quietly, Antonio Valencia just became the second best successful crosser of the ball in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Overall, not of defenders, period. Uh, and things start to get a little better for them matchup-wise. Uh, I think they have two pretty rough ones. I didn't actually write it down. But I think this week and next week are a little iffy, but after that, things start to look really good. So just kind of keep an eye on Valencia. If he keeps up these crossing statistics and United start to be a little bit more solid at the back, uh, that could be somebody that could be really, really valuable down the second half of the season. Uh, so, Rob, who you got for your starts and sits? Uh, my starts and sits. Uh, I'll start opposite of you. I mentioned Southampton's defense. Uh, it's time to get investment in there. Look at the 4.9, Cedric Suarez. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's any coincidence that they have two clean sheets in two Since consecutive games. Uh, and it's they're not against mediocre opponents either. It's against Everton, and I believe it's against Spurs. Uh, so, I mean, that's got to speak volumes. Oh, United, right? Oh, United. Oh, whoever it was. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know who I meant. Uh, so Cedric Suarez for Southampton, uh, like I said, it's, I don't think it's a coincidence. Two clean sheets in his, in his two games back from injury. Uh, I think he's one of the one of the better wide side players that has some attacking ability to him. And, and it leads to a buildup that is positive, especially from a Southampton standpoint. I think that aids, uh, like Kevin said, Charlie Austin. Uh, hopefully it, it, it takes a little pressure off Nathan Redmond. You know other other ancillary players that are are in Southampton's uh, you know middle midfield. I think that Suarez will alleviate some of that. Uh, but he also plays back in the in a set in a set four with Font and Virgil Van Dyke and whoever else is on the opposite side, Matty Target, whoever you want to insert. It doesn't matter. I think that the three players there are basically the sum of the total there, and it doesn't really matter. Oh, Bertrand is on the other side. There you go. I completely blanked on his name. I said Matty Target, uh, but. <laughs> But yeah, I, I I like them moving forward. You know, look at their fixtures. It's they're pretty they're pretty nice. Crystal Palace, Middlesbrough, Stoke, Bournemouth, and then Spurs after Christmas, and then West Brom on New Year's Eve. Uh, that's that's pretty good. That's what two defenses in there that are actually maybe troublesome. Yeah. Stoke Stoke and Spurs. So um, I I'd, I'd look to invest in Stoke Southampton. Stoke continue to be crazy weirdly good uh, <laughs> defensively, way under the radar. It's because yeah. they aren't keeping clean sheets, although they did just this past week. But the last time they conceded more than one in a goal was September 10th. Yeah. I'm, I think I mentioned that last last mm. week or two weeks ago when I said that they haven't let up more than one goal. Yeah, but whatever. Anyway, so Southampton, Liverpool, and Chelsea are my three got three teams that you need a defender if I'm currently moving forward. Uh, through the midfield, I'm going to wait all the way to the Monday game to pick my midfielder, and that's Gaston Ramirez. Uh, 5.3 price tag. He's a, one of those lower-level market guys like a Matty Phillips. I think this is a game where, where he comes out – 
And, you know, Negredo showed out last week, uh, so we got enough glimpse of maybe what Negredo may be coming off, you know, falling off the iceberg and becoming fantasy relevant again. But they are playing Hall. They are home. Uh, he's got a goal and assist in his last four. Not, not, he's got one goal and one assist in his last four. Last four games, 10-0 because he didn't play, 2-5. and five. Uh, But I think Middlesbrough are on the up right now, especially playing against Hull. Uh, they're going to be the feature game there, so uh, I'm always a big believer in uh, the feature game, solo game. Uh, the better players come out and shine. Uh, you know, we don't see it as much stateside, but when the big games are being viewed in, you know, England or Scotland or Wales on TV, you know, they have a buildup for like four or five hours uh, to the games, and then they don't actually get to see them because they want people to go look at, the, view the game at the stadium and stop watching them at home. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Gaston Ramirez, Middlesbrough is taking on Hull. I'm all for it. If you want to have a you know a nice differential play there, his ownership is 0.7 percent. There's you're basically you and 12 of his cousins will be owning him. Uh, <laughs> on the forward ranks, I mentioned it before. Uh, if you really want to gamble and you want to go with a heavy hitter lineup up top, and you could afford to not have a third striker, Divac Origi is my is my forward this week. Um, you know, if you if you have Harry Kane and you have Sergio Aguero and you have you have five midfielders that you trust more. Than Origi this week because they're, you're not really going to see their lineup before the roster's set because they play on Sunday and the, the games start on Saturday. But I don't trust Sturridge at all. I don't think he fits into the Klopp you know, regime there. He's an injury waiting to be injured. Uh, he came on for Coutinho. Uh, he got a goal. It was an it was an it was a pretty nice goal. He slotted slotted to right in the corner. So. Uh, I'm looking for I'm looking for good things. You know, I said I said it's probably more of a of a draft league style right now. But if you're looking to change up your team and you lost Coutinho and you want to downshift to somebody else, bring in Kane, and you want it, you're okay taking a minus. Uh, he's a perfect guy. He's six five. I know he's a little bit more expensive than you know the initial investment at forward, but look at what he could do. Look at the offensive weapons around him. Look at the people that are going to be drawing attention away from him. Uh, you know, Mane is going to be re- require extra defenders. Firmino is going to be require defenders. Lalana is going to def- require extra defenders. They're a different team when different people are on the pitch and take defenders away. Divac Origi is my differential guy there. I think that he could probably come on and show something, you know, divine for for the Scousers in Liverpool. Uh, on the sits, uh, Chris, uh, Christian Benteke uh, going against Southampton. I'm I'm heavily invested. I own I own Benteke and I'm and I'm going to own a Southampton defender very shortly. Uh, so Benteke against Southampton's defense, I don't trust it. They've got two cleans in their last two for Southampton. Uh, I know he just scored. He looked pretty good for Palace, and I, they, they put in a bucket load. But Southampton is not Swans, and I don't think he gets anything. Uh, through the midfield, Man City, any Man City midfielder. Silva, KDB, too expensive. Raheem Sterling hasn't done anything. You know, Look at the prices. Look at their, what they've done in the last game. No guy has more than two and one in their last two games besides Yaya Toure. Uh, so they're a sit against a stout Chelsea defensive team, who I think come out to play in this game. Like I said, I think they, I think they play them tough for the first half and and pretty much sit on it and tests and see what City does. Then they attack the first twenty minutes. If they get one good, if they don't, then it's going to be a zero zero. I think, and, you know, especially at especially at Man City, I, I think Chelsea would be okay with a zero zero. Yeah, I think it's going to be <clears> one <throat> of those big games that ends up not being a good game. Yeah. And it's especially the first game, so we're going to be waking up at 7.30 in the morning and we're like, what's going on? Uh, On defense for my sits, uh, Everett in defense, Leighton Baines, Ashley Williams, Seamus Coleman, they haven't done anything in the last forever. Uh, Baines is owned in 4.6, Ashley Williams in 8.1, Seamus Coleman is 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 owned in 5%. Uh, They haven't done anything. I 
four weeks ago, yeah, you could have invested in an ever defense, but they haven't given you any any comeback. You know, they're playing United this week at home. I think United find find the net more than once. That's how bad I think Everton is defensively. Uh, somehow Funes Mori is not in this team, and that that surprises me because I like what he does. But that's just me. You know, they still have Phil, Phil Jagielka there. Uh, I don't get it. Anyway, but uh, so Everton defense, Man City mids, Benteke are my sits. My starts are Origi, Gaston Ramirez, and Cedric Suarez. Kevin, your turn, my friend. Wee. Um, I'm choosing a different Belgian forward <laughs> to hate on this week. It's uh, Romelu Lukaku. Remember how we said it would be hard for either of us to buy in on him? And then we didn't? Uh, that's going well. Um, he has just one goal in his last five, which is obviously not what you're looking for, and is only averaging one shot on target over that period per game. That sounds uh, fantastic. Oh, he's so good. He's literally the best striker ever. Um, so anyway, I just really, really don't like Lukaku at all uh, for anything on this earth, uh, unless you were just like, I need a tall Belgian guy. I think he could do that. Um, but with uh, United, Watford, Arsenal, Liverpool all on the horizon... Uh, it's not really somebody that I uh, would be comfortable owning at this point. Um, so yeah, I'm really not on Lukaku this week. Uh, in midfield, I felt like listing him just because I personally ditched him, and I think that earns you a spot on the list. Uh, Mezzodotso, he's still costing 9.6. I was surprised that he has dropped as far as 8.9%, but only two assists all season. I just couldn't do it anymore. I think you need to upgrade to Sanchez, which is what I did, or downshift to Walcott. It, it just It's not happening the way it was last season. He is slowly climbing the ranks and chances created after a really, really slow start. But just watching them, it feels like he's less involved than he used to be. Uh, and, and it just got too frustrating for me. So I shifted out on Otso. And in defense, I completely agree with you. City and, and Chelsea. Uh, <laughs> we don't really know what we're getting here. So I'd probably try to avoid it. Um, maybe Stones, because he's cheap. He hasn't been starting every week. Um yeah, just not a fan of this one. Uh, while I absolutely think it'll be a draw, I think it might be a scored draw. Um, but yeah, I'm not really a fan of either of those. And for everybody still holding out hope on Burnley players, uh, they've really not lived up to it. They're uh, conceding about two goals per game over the last five. The only one that I think is semi-ownable still is Matty Lowton, and that's only because the attacking stats are still pretty solid. Still second in crosses and top ten in key passes among defenders. So uh, The rest of Burnley guys, including... Heaton, by the way, uh, who has was hurt this last match but was not great the previous ones. Uh, just sorry. Sorry, Burnley. I, I, I wanted to like you. I liked Vokes coming into the year. Then he wasn't good enough early enough. Got rid of him. Then he was good for a while. Now Andre Gray's going to kind of be in and around the team again. Although I am surprised that Vokes has held on to a spot as long as he has. But you can't help but thinking maybe with a good Munson injury, maybe um, with the Marnie injury, that maybe that means they'll change the formation, maybe get two strikers up front. Um, but all in all, pretty pretty down on Burnley at the moment. Yeah, I, I like the I like the Mesut Ozil call there. It's funny. I was just clicking around doing some stupid research. Mm. You know, eight defenders have the same or more assists than him this year. <laughs> That's a stat, man. Oh man! If, if only, anybody he, listens to this show and reads my article, that stat that Rob just lent me may show up over there. He's he's only got two assists this year. Yeah. So I mean, De Bruyne leads all all players with nine, and then uh, Chelsea uh, Nemanja Matic has seven, and yep. then Wilfred Zaha surprisingly has six, which is a great. Well, five and five him. will do it. <laughs> yeah, you so, know, I mean, uh, so yeah, I mean, definitely down on Ozil for his price tag. Oh. Off the post. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, it would have been great too. 
Oh man, I'm a, I'm on a little bit of a delay. Is it because you're on the East Coast, so you're closer to England? Um, it's, it's, it's because more I'm a more affluent, and uh, oh. I have I have better things. Right, right, right. Yes, totally. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair enough. Okay, uh, let's talk about our teams a little bit. I just went. So how about you? What What have you done? Uh, I've already transferred out Coutinho. Uh, I was a Coutinho owner. Uh, I brought in Gilfie Sigurdsson. Uh, I'm probably going to take a minus four. I've been taking minus fours for a couple weeks. Uh, it's actually been helping because I've actually been doing better. Uh, I landed 74 points this past week, so that's a pretty good total. And I captain Coutinho. Which is which is pretty good for a, a 74 total, uh, considering I I have Aguero as well, and I could have captained him or Venteke or you know Phillips or Zaha. Um, so yeah, I brought in Sigurdsson for Coutinho. I'm probably going to make a def- a move for a defender. I own Ashley Williams. I just trashed him in this podcast, so I'm probably shifting away from the Everton defender. Uh, in goal, I have Foster and Pickford on on defense. I have Macaulay, Peters, uh, my my. Uh, Money punt in Jordi Amat, Williams, and Char- and Charlie Daniels. It's another reason I have to make a uh, move defensively. I don't know if Daniels is going to play. I don't think he's probably he's probably not going to. He may or may not, but it doesn't matter because they're playing a team that they're going to suck against. They're playing Liverpool, so uh, yeah, I definitely need a, a third defender in there with McCauley and Peters through midfield. Uh, Alexis Sanchez, Matt Phillips, uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson, Hazard, and Wilfred Zaha are my are five. I'm completely happy with those five. I don't have to make another move in the midfield for a while. Uh, the only move I'll have to make is when Wilfred Zaha goes to the AFCON now because he's going to go play for yeah. Ivory Coast. How about some actual footballing news? Yeah, signed with uh, Ivory, Ivory Coast. Coast today. Yeah, or not yeah. today, but earlier this yeah. week. Yeah, I, I I didn't. I totally missed that he had two friendly caps for England. Yeah. I totally I totally missed that. But well, anyway, speaking that's of a, cap issues, uh, with the change in uh, manager for the U.S. Uh, an interesting one will be Cameron Carter Vickers, who has played for the U.S. youth teams for a long time. Yeah, uh, pulled up the last time, but was not played. So technically, mm-hmm. could switch to England if he wanted to. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a couple guys that on, on the U.S. developmental squad. There's a couple uh, players who haven't featured yet for a U.S. cap, and I believe one of them is has German descent and one is uh, has Mexican descent. So it'd be interesting to see what they do. Uh, getting back to my team forwards, I have Austin Aguero and Benteke. Uh, I'm probably going to ride Venteki for for just this week. He may not even play because I may just uh, run out my five midfielders and be happy with that and have Benteki as my first sub. Uh, other, overall, I'm, I'm happy with my team currently. I'm still still building. I can always be better, but you know, I take it one week at a time. Unfortunately, like everybody else. Yep, totally uh, understand why you're doing that. Uh, for me, I'm I um. It's because my rank is so low, which I'm not going to say publicly at all. It's been a rough year. Although, as I mentioned to you, I'm cr- kind of crushing DFS right now. Um, that's where a lot of my attention has gone, unfortunately. But in the official game, I am so far behind that I felt I had to... Well, you, you know you're like always on the back foot. You have to gamble a little bit more to try mm-hmm. to climb the ranks a bit. So that's what I did this week. I transferred in Alexis already, knowing that they have a match tomorrow, or probably today as you're listening to this, or at least when it's posted, um, mm-hmm. in the EFL Cup which is a little bit of a concern because Alexis does have an injury history. But I wanted to prevent uh, losing out on any point ones or anything like that. He has not gone up yet, so I really hope he goes up uh, by the weekend so I don't feel foolish, especially if he gets hurt. But uh, brought in him for Utsal, as I mentioned, was just done with the Utsal game, and swapped uh, Pereira for Fair to be able to afford that um, uh, swap up to Sanchez. And I did it with Fair, which, you know... It's not the worst matchup. As I mentioned, Tottenham, just one clean sheet in the last five. But Fair really is more of a player for the future. I'm still stuck with uh, Seamus Coleman 
if Holobos is actually injured and misses the West Brom match, I might actually have to play Adam Smith against Liverpool, in which case I might just try to bury him on my subs bench <laughs> instead of the negative that that'll end up being. But uh, yeah, so that's those are the two things that I did. Uh, as for captain's choices, I know you tend to be a, you're paying Aguero the big money for a reason, but you mentioned you think it could even be a nil-nil. Where are not you going, captain-wise? Yeah. Not, not Aguero this week. This is a differential captain week. This is a pick a game you feel sexy about and and do it to it. Uh, West Ham defense is not awesome. Alexis Sanchez is probably a good call. Uh, I'm not. A, I'm avoiding Hazard uh, only because I don't like that. I don't like the game. I don't think there's going to be a ton of game. A ton of goals in the game. If it's if it's one one, I think that that would be surprising to me to watch. It's going to be seven to six, you know. Uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, from people not on my team, I could see people if they own Firmino. Firmino's a good shout against Bournemouth. Uh, this is a this is a big differential week for captains. This is you know, uh, you know Charlie Austin. If you own Charlie Austin, could be a good a good tout against Crystal Palace since they just gave up five. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's uh, Sanchez. If if I had to captain somebody right now on my team, it'd be Alexis Sanchez only because I feel more comfortable him blowing up than than anybody else. But yeah. I, I I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll cap maybe I'll trip maybe I'll triple captain Eric Peters. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not a bad uh, shout. Obviously, not the Peters thing, but the Sanchez thing. I now own him, so in theory, uh, that would be a nice debut into the team. As if I started him up front, I do also have Austin. I could play. Um, and Swansea have shown the ability to score lately. Because I, I was thinking about like maybe a sneaky Lloris captain, but uh, I do think Swansea probably get on the board there. And, you know, Manchester City, nobody's really talking about them right now because what Liverpool and Chelsea are doing is more quote-unquote surprising. But City are top three in every meaningful statistic. Um, Mm -hmm. So they have been very good, and the defense is better than a lot of people think, even though they can be leaky at times. It is usually, you know, just that one goal. Kind of like Stoke (laughs) (laughs) at the moment. Or, Or West Brom always conceding one, but less infuriatingly. City seem to concede early. I don't know yeah. if that's true or not. I haven't looked at the stats there. It just feels like every week I watch them, like they concede early and then they come back. But um, yeah, I do I, agree with you. I do agree. It always seems like they they always concede a girl. Yeah, it's not like a there. frustrating concede a goal. Like it happened so long ago. Whatever. <laughs> uh, fair enough. All right. Well, that's it uh, for our teams. Any final thoughts from you? No, I'm I'm good. I'm ready to go. Uh, there's some cup games to, uh, today, which are, which is too late. And if you go back in time, you could listen to them. Or there's games today. <laughs> They're going to come on, so don't make any transfer moves, you know, which you think are, do are questionable. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I only I only did the Coutinho thing because I wanted to avoid the price change. So yeah, I that's the only reason I did and, it. But, but Sigurdsson isn't playing midweek; it's a lot less risky. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so anybody else on the on the hesitation for transfer tip, you know, wait, do yourself a favor and just bite your fingers off and don't use your keyboard or your mouse. Yep. Oh, Mane just went down awkwardly. Hope he's okay. Dude, that happened like ten minutes. That happened like ten minutes ago. Huh. Interesting. Um, but anyway, he is okay, by the way. That wasn't just a panic, you guys. I just saw it. I was like, oh, snap. Breaking uh, news. Breaking news. Sadio Mane suffers same out for injury. The year. Doesn't know what a football is anymore. Um, all right. Well, that'll do it for us. So, Ralph, why don't you tell the folks so they can get at you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Smokey underscore Lugie. That's L-O-O-G-Y. Or you can find my writings and all my stylings on rasball.com. And Kevin will tell everything else we do because we do everything <laughs> in tandem. We're like the Laurel and Hardy, but not – one of us, neither of us is fat. Oh, man, I really don't know that reference. Okay, I'm Kevin DeVries at Kevroff on Twitter. This is the FPL Roundtable, which you can find at EPL Roundtable on Twitter, or you can email us at the EPL Roundtable 
at gmail.com and ask us your fantasy questions there or either of us on Twitter, um, which we've already mentioned what those are. You should remember that by now. Or you could just rewind like 15 seconds on iTunes. Um, <laughs> uh, also, we do do a uh, weekly DFS video over for VIPBet.com. That stuff may be expanding a bit more in January, but we'll get into that more when we know. Uh, speaking of scheduling for this show... Uh, we're currently trying to figure out the best way to deal with the whole winter break situation, or not winter break situation, all the matches happening uh, in December, if we're going to try to do shows that are going to give you double the information, or if we're going to try to sneak in a short one, um, especially, what is it, the 13th and 14th? I think yeah. are the Tuesday, Wednesday, right after the weekend, so we'll, yeah. we'll keep you guys apprised uh, of how we're going to handle all that, but just know that you're probably going to be getting a lot of knowledge just kind of dumped at you soon. Um, so keep an eye out for that. This also goes up on allinsportstalk.com and at allinsportstalk on Twitter and the All In Sports Talk app on both the Google Play Store and the Apple Store. All right, that'll do it for us, uh, for, us for now. And so we're going to say goodbye. So uh, bye. Peace. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.